Cam on the track. Matchups happening in college football, by the way. And just the overall great weekend of football in the first weekend of fall. And 
just very, very excited for it. Very excited to to be here today. Had a very good good Friday night. Um, we'll talk about that a little later. But first off, we're gonna jump into the daily devotional. This one comes from our from our friends over at In Touch Ministries. Uh, comes from Daniel chapter six verses one through twenty eight. Um, this is a good one. So y'all y'all listen up. It seemed good to Darius to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom, that they would be in charge of the whole kingdom. And over them were over them three commissioners, of whom Daniel was one, that these satraps would be accountable to them, and that the king might not suffer loss. Then this began distinguishing himself amongst, among the commissioners and satraps. Because he possessed an extraordinary spirit, and the king planned to appoint him over the entire kingdom. Then the commissioners and satraps began trying to find a ground of accusation against Daniel in regard to government affairs, but they could not find no ground of accusation or evidence of corruption. Inasmuch as he was faithful, and no negligence or corruption was found to be in him. Then these men said, We will not find it any ground of accusation against this Daniel unless we find it against him with regard to the law of his God. Then came then these commissioners and satraps came by by agreement to the king and spoke to him as follows King Darius live forever. All the commissioners in of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the high officials and the governors have consulted together that the king should establish a statute and enforce an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any god or man besides you, O king, for 30 days shall be cast into the lion's den. Now, O king, establish this, the injunction and sign the document so it may not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document that is the injunction. Now, when Daniel knew that knew the document was signed, he entered his house. Now, in his roof chamber, he had his windows open toward Jerusalem, and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. Then these men, by agreement, had and found Daniel making petition and supplication before his God. They then approached the. And they approached and spoke before the king about the king's injunction. Did you not sign an injunction that any man who makes a petition to any god or, or man besides you, O king, for 30 days is to be cast into the lion's den? The king replied, the statement is true, according to the Medes and the Persians, which may not be revoked. Then they answered and spoke before the king, Daniel, who was one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king. Or to the injunction you, which you signed, but keeps making his petition three times a day. Then, as soon as the king heard the statement, he was deeply distressed and set his mind on delivering Daniel. And even until sunset, he kept exerting himself to rescue him. Then these men came by to the king and said to the king, Recognize, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and the Persians that no injunction or statute which the king establishes may not be changed. Then the king gave orders, and Daniel was brought in and cast into the lion's den. The king spoke and said to Daniel, 
Your God whom constantly serve will himself deliver you. A stone was brought and laid over over the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of of his nobles, so that nothing can be changed in regard to Daniel. Then the king went off to to his palace and spent the night fasting, knowing the tenant was brought before him, and his sleep fled fled from him. Then the king rose at dawn at the break of day and went in haste to the lion's den. When he had come near the den to Daniel, he cried out with a troubled voice. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom, constant, whom you constantly serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Daniel spoke to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me, inasmuch as I have found innocent before him, and also toward you, O king. I have committed no crime. Then the king was very pleased and gave his gave orders for Daniel to be taken out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no injury whatsoever was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. The king then gave orders. They brought the, those men who had maliciously accused Daniel, and they cast them, their children, and their wives into the lion's den. The den had not reached bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them, and crushed all their bones. Then Darius the king wrote to all the all of the peoples, nations, and men in every of every language who were living in all the land. May your peace be abound. I make a decree that all dominion in the kingdom men to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and enduring forever. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. His dominion will be forever. He delivers and rescues and performs and signs and wonders in, in heaven and on earth. Who has also delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? So this Daniel enjoyed success in the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. <laughs> So, check this out. Daniel had been faithfully living out his commitment to the Lord from the time he was a teenager. His witness of integrity and godliness was earned over a lifetime, during which he challenged frequently to compromise his faith. Today's passage shows facing a desperately dangerous situation, the lion's den. Although we focus on Daniel and the beast, an unexpected aspect aspect of the story is the reaction of the king. Though he foolishly signed the law that created Daniel's treacherous predicament, Darius was also impressed with him that he tried to rescue him. When the ruler's efforts failed, he made a surprising statement of trust in the Lord. Your God, whom constantly serve, will will himself deliver you. Now, that's a witness. Let's think about this here. Does your unwavering devotion to Christ lead others to trust your Savior? Too many Christians have a commitment on, of convenience. They'll stay faithful as long as it's safe and doesn't involve risk, rejection, or criticism. Instead of standing alone in the face of challenge or temptation, they check to see which way their friends are going. 
What kind of witness is that? Let's think about this. Who will follow our God if we if we ourselves don't follow him or won't follow him? Our response can draw others to Jesus or push them away. If you desire to be like Daniel, practice your commitment to God both privately and publicly. The time you spend alone with God will transform your character and increase your devotion. Then your integrity and godly behavior in an unbelieving world will make others long to know the Lord. Let me let me repeat this last statement. If you desire to be like Daniel, practice your commitment to Christ, both privately and publicly. The time you spend alone with God will transform your character and increase your devotion. Then your integrity and godly behavior in an unbelieving world will make others know, long to know the Lord. What you see here is what everybody else sees. You see a man of faith who believes not only in himself, but believes in everything that God has told him. He believes that God will deliver you. He believes that God will will cover you. Not only will he cover you in his blanket, but he'll cover you in anointing. Have you ever heard the song Blessed Assurance? <laughs> I mean, of course you have. Listen listen to the words that, that that are being said in the song. Blessing assurance, Jesus is mine. This is the same principle that we're talking about today in this devotion. When you have living testimony, when you have when you have faith in something, it's unwavering. Nothing is of nothing is of convenience. When it comes to God, nothing is of convenience. Everything you do, every decision that you make, and this is a life this is a life thing right here that I'm about to just just, just toss on to you right now. Every decision that you make from here on out whether it's a good decision or a bad decision, will mold every everything that you do for the rest of your life. It's up to you to change whether you're wanting to be great, whether you're wanting to do something positive, or whether you want to do something negative. Everything has an effect. It's up to you whether you want to be a part of a a part of a problem or be the cause of solution. See we got a lot we got a lot of stuff going on right now. Things happening in Charlotte, things happening in Tulsa, things happening all over the United States. We have an election coming up in sixty days. We have debates coming up in, in less than a week. 
But we have things like this going on. None of us can explain it. None of us will explain it. None of us will be part of the solution. We have to figure out what the problem is before we even get to the solution. There's a lot of hypocritical things going on in the world. And I'm sorry, this is a sports show, but I have to get this off my chest. There's a lot of bad going on in a world of really good. Until you have faith, until we get back to to what made America what America is and was, which is sacrificing for the good of everybody. Being your brother's keeper. We've gotten away from that. We've got too many psychologists in the home that don't even know what the homes are like. We've got too many We've got too many chiefs, not enough Indians. We're not raising our kids like we would raise them in a village. We're not doing any of those things. We need to get back to that. We need to get back to the old school ways. Until then, we're still going to have these problems that we have now. And we're going to pass those from generation to generation to generation. That's scary. That's a scary thing for me. That's a scary thing for everybody to to, to be involved in. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going on. I'm going. Uh, I'm going long winded with this, but and I know this is a sports show, but I, I, there's some things you just got to get off your chest. There's some things that that need to be said. There's some things that need to be done. And this is one of them. So to those who believe, keep believing. Those who have faith, keep being faithful. Those who feel an anointing, be anointed. Those who want to solve the problem, those who want to be a part of the problem, be a part of the solution. Get all this divide that we have amongst us away from us. Those people who are behind the keyboard saying things because they're too chicken. Ooh, I almost lost my religion just then. Because they're too because they're too chicken to step from behind their behind their the keyboards and say what they really feel. You're not part of the problem. You're not part of the solution. You're part of the problem. All these people talking about the president this, the president that. I'm not a political guy, but from what I've seen, we've lowered the debt to just under just under two trillion dollars. We're about we're about one point six trillion dollars now. Our debt. We um, we've lowered the gas prices by 
an average of of a dollar and forty seven cents since Obama's been in in office. We've we've ended one war. We're about to end a second one. This is this is in eight years. We don't lie to the we don't lie to the public about the reasons why we went to war. Um, let me let me let me think of this. I'm, I'm so angry with with Obama right now. I, I'm just angry because I'm getting more money back on my taxes. I mean, I I don't mean to make this a political thing, but. And I'm not trying to make this a political thing, but I just want people to understand. If you have such a conviction about why Obama is this, why Obama is that, let me ask you a simple question, and I would love to I would love to know an answer. Because for you to be doing all this complaining about well, Obama does this, and Obama did this, and Obama did that. Did you vote? Did you did you did you vote? Because if you voted, then your voice would have been heard. It ain't none of this propaganda about. Oh, if I if it wouldn't have mattered, no way he would have won anyway. Because it's it's this, it's that. No, it's your voice being heard. It's your voice of it's your voice of those people who say who say they who 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 are saying this. Are you even a registered voter? Did you vote? A lot of people are voting for Trump because they don't like Hillary. So what? Your voice is heard. It's just like I said a couple of years ago. It's just like I said four years ago. The system works. If you put, if you voted, then the system works. If not, be quiet. Be quiet. Because you're trolling on something that you pretty much don't know anything about. I mean, you say politicians are liars, so are car salesmen. <laughs> I mean, for real. Let's like, like, think about this. You say that all politicians are liars. Well, what's a car salesman? What's an insurance salesman? What's that person that that sold you that computer? What's that person that sold you your cell phone or that or that device that you're using to listen to the show or to call into the show? Man, I'm sorry that I'm sorry that I'm I'm, I'm way off tangent with this because I really I really just it really behooves me to to find out about about things like this. It really does because. What's this supposed to be? It's supposed to be America. Land of the free, home of the brave. 
We have people making jokes about other religions, talking about let's go on a manhunt for terrorists because they're of another religion. What kind of sense does that make? What kind of person are you? They're Americans just like we're Americans. I'm a Catholic man. That also makes me a Christian man. Because a person's Muslim, because he because she he or she is in traditional traditional dress, that makes her that makes him or her different. I really want to, I mean, I really, it's things like this that just makes me, it makes me cringe. And it makes me see what type of people some people really are. It's sad. It shows your ignorance, it shows your insecurity, not only in yourself, but in your surroundings around you. You're paranoid to know because I'm a black man, I wear my hat backwards, I wear baggy jeans, I, I wear I wear khaki shorts and, and flip flops all the time. I don't talk like I don't talk like I'm from quote unquote like I'm from the ghetto. I talk like I got a little bit of an education on me because I do. I don't talk much slang. But I'm a black man. And because I'm a black man, I'm stereotyped as such. When when you hear things like that and then you see, oh, he's a typical black man. No, I'm an atypical black man because I do what I do. And I love doing what I do. I work hard. I write good. It might be a run-on sentence here and there, but I write as if I'm talking to you. I write as if I want you to hear me. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, the public, as what we are. So let's be part of the progression let's be a part of the the solution not add to a problem because it's not it's not just black lives matter it's not back in the blue because all lives matter Policemen should protect and serve. But my question is Black Lives Matter? Yeah, they do. White Lives Matter. Policemen Lives Matter. So 
if our lives matter and we back in the blue, what blue should we back up? Just a little food for thought for you. Sorry I went a little long-winded, but just a lot on, just a lot on my mind. Just a lot of thoughts there. We're gonna take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're gonna talk we're gonna talk some college football finally.
Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. The main event is in the building. And let, let's talk about something positive now. Let's talk about some college football. Uh, some great games on the schedule this, this week. And, um, you know, a lot of people talk about um, a, lot of the, a lot of the big football games they're talking about today. Um, Auburn, LSU, um, Stanford, UCLA. But there's a lot of there's a lot of great Pac-10, a lot of Big Ten football games that are, that are that are happening today. And one of those games for me, I mean, I, I love, I mean, I love, 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 love a lot of games that are coming on tonight. Um, I mean, twelve o'clock. This twelve. Are just epic. I mean, in all ways. Wisconsin, Michigan State is probably one of those big games. The Georgia Ole Miss game at noon is is a big game as well. You know, let's start with those two games. And you know, Bart Houston's not starting tonight. Not starting this this afternoon. Against you know. Even though they're three and zero, I mean, they're Bart Houston was largely ineffective last week, but I think maybe Paul Chris may have pulled the trigger just a little bit too early. Um, Bart Houston had two solid games. He had pretty good solid games. Two pretty good solid games. Well, game and a half. Well, two really good solid games. I think last week was a bit of a, yeah. I mean, it could have been, you know, he just had a bit of an off, off week this past week, this past this past game. Do I think that he, that he should have been pulled? Yeah, I think he should have been pulled. But I think, do I think he should have been starting quarterback this week? Yeah, I think he should have been starting quarterback this week. But this is a really good defensively, Minded Michigan State team, even though they they graduated a lot of players off of last year's team, there's a lot of good talent that's still back. You know, you lose you lose guys like Shelly Calhoun, you know, who went in the second round of the draft, but you gain players with experience from last season and players who've been there the entire time, and then not only that, you double that with a Riley Bullock who, you know, name is synonymous with Michigan State with the green. I mean, you, let's think about this here. You still have your solid defensive core. You lost Connor Cook from the offensive side, but you've got a good quarterback who started in the Ohio State game Who's as good as they come? And then you look at the opposite side, you look at the Wisconsin side, and defensively, they're solid. Offensively, they're solid. If they can find that steady quarterback that's going to give them the right type of management to win them ball games. 
And I think they found that. I think they found that in Bart Houston. But I also think that they figured that he'd be a guy who'd take games by the scruff. And he hasn't done that. He hasn't really done that at all. That's what makes this game so interesting to me is what kind of what kind of Michigan State team are you gonna see today? Will you see that Michigan State team that that gives you so much but then breaks you down and beats you to death? Will we see the running game of Wisconsin dictate what Michigan State's defense does? I mean, with Wisconsin running the ball so much, you'll see a lot of play action from Wisconsin. And I think that's what they were trying to get with Bart Houston. They thought they had that with Bart Houston um, in regards to them being a run-heavy team and a great downfield passer that Bart Houston is. And don't get me wrong, Bart Houston was an Elite 11 quarterback four years ago. So... This, this is a guy who, who knows what he's doing. This is a guy who, who knows the stuff. I mean, let, let's not let's not get this let's not let's not discount what Bart Houston can bring to the table. I like this matchup because it's gonna be it's gonna be a chess match. D'Antonio's defensive style against Chris' defensive style. What offense? Will will dictate the pace to what defense? Who's going to get that 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 timely stop? I think that that's the main thing with this game, as opposed to any of the other games on on, on today's schedule. This, this is a good litmus test. It's a good first first conference game for both teams because you know what Michigan State's got coming up. It's something serious. <laughs> I mean, what Michigan State's got coming up is something serious. I mean, Wisconsin's got, you know, Wisconsin's got a big slate coming up in the next few weeks as well. But, you know, we look at Michigan State. We look see what we look and see what what Michigan State has, you know, in the next couple of weeks. You know, this is a this is a big time matchup for both. Not only from the East standpoint, from the West standpoint, this is a conference game that has implications. Not only in the conference, but college football playoff implications. I mean, let, let's just look at it this way. You know, Michigan State next few games out. I mean, like they their their slate is they've got eleven. They've got ten games. They've got eleven straight games. Uh, the win against Notre Dame was a big was a big win last week. Um, Wisconsin this week at, at Indiana, and then BYU. At home, this is this is a big this is no this is a really really big schedule for them in the next couple of weeks. Northwestern, Maryland, Michigan, you know, they should be favored to win in these games all the way up until August October 29th when they play Michigan. This I mean, they've got some pretty good games in between in between in between then, but. They should be favored in these games all the way up until Michigan. Wisconsin, on the other hand, Wisconsin has Michigan State this week, Michigan next week. They're at Michigan next week. So 
who, which team is this game more important to? I would say Wisconsin because of what the schedule holds for them. I mean, Wisconsin has Michigan, Michigan State in back-to-back weeks. Then they have off weeks, and then they have to go. Then they have Ohio State at home. So this is a, this is a very very important week for Wisconsin. This is a litmus test that honestly they need to pass because if they can get through this part of their schedule, this difficult part of their schedule, Wisconsin can can take the Big Ten West by the scruff of the neck. You know, one loss maybe in there. They can they can probably finish the season eleven and one, ten and two. This is this is a big litmus test for both teams. I like Wisconsin in this matchup simply because they played a little bit more. But what unsettles me about Wisconsin is the fact that they don't have that steady influence at quarterback. That's that's the that's the thing that really that really is really just making me cringe about the, about Wisconsin. What I do like, though, I love the running game at Michigan State. I love the defense at Michigan State. You know, Michigan State's got three running backs that they can depend on. Michigan State's also got a quarterback, and they've got some receivers and a tight end that they can that they can rely on as well. If the running game's not going, they can get that passing game going as well. So this is a this is a really good balanced matchup between two powerhouses of the Big Ten, Big Ten East and the Big Ten West. The big crossover game. Who's it more important to? It's more important to Wisconsin. But you know, I like Michigan State in this game. I think Michigan State will win this game because of the experience that they have at quarterback, because of the home field advantage, because I think they have a, a slightly better defense than Wisconsin does. This game's going to be close. This game's going to be close. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be close. But I think Michigan State's got a chance to win this ball game and win this ball game by a touchdown. I mean, that that's how close this game will be. I think, you know, whoever has the ball last – or whoever can control the possession, whoever can have the ball and control the time of possession will win this game. And I think Michigan State can possibly do that. I mean, they do got some quick strike ability within the team, but they've also got that slow, methodical pace that can just, that will just, they can hammer you with. So I like Michigan State in this game. Do not sleep on Wisconsin. But Michigan State will win this game, and they'll win this game by a touchdown. You can watch that game, new Big, Twin, Big Ten Network. Very good. I mean, like I said, it's a very good matchup. You know, the other 12 o'clock matchup, the, the premier 12 o'clock matchup to me is in the SEC. We're talking about Georgia. We're talking about Ole Miss. Georgia, Jacob Eason, Sonny Michelle, Nick Chubb, defense there at Georgia. This is a statement game for Georgia. Going getting getting into getting in the conference play, the crossover games that they have this week this year. I mean, this is a statement game. 
You're going in the Vault Hemingway against a reeling Ole Miss team. And honestly, you know, there's a lot of talk about this, and there's a lot of talk about this in, in the Facebook group chat that, that I'm in. There's a lot of Facebook chatter going on about this game. And what Georgia does and what Georgia has is they've got they've got this never say die attitude. They've got the kind of they've got the kind of they've got the kind of team that just sets up for something special. And what I mean by that is this. Anytime you go into Missouri and I'm not and I'm not this is no slide on Missouri, but anytime you go into Missouri, you're going into a tough environment at Faroe Field. And the fact that you've got two wins out of the you've got two wins out of your two visits to Faroe Field, that says a lot about your that says a, not only one, says not only about the way that your team plays, but two, this team I mean, two wins out of three. At Faro Field, as a visitor, that says a lot about. This says a lot about your program. That says a lot about the players that you have, because that Faro Field can get really loud. Faro Field can get really, really, really <laughs> hostile. But the fact that Georgia's gone in there, won one game, won the first. Won the first game convincingly there. Lost the second game. Pretty close there. And then wins again in a in a close game. Shows you what kind of team Georgia is. Georgia's not afraid to play on the road. And that's scary in the SEC. That that's real scary in the SEC. With the teams that with the teams that Georgia's gonna go see in you know teams that Georgia's gonna see this year. You know, on the road. I mean, that that's a scary thing. That's a scary opposition to to take to take hold of. My question is, can Jacob Eason replicate what he did last week? It, it's a little bit. It's a little bit of a of a toss up here. You've got a Bulldogs team who they smell blood. They haven't finished games with a three and zero. You have an Ole Miss team that have blown two twenty one point leads against really good opposition that they should have beat, like like Alabama last week, like Florida State on Labor Day. This team is a good team. What I'm looking for this week is the bounce back ability of Ole Miss. If they don't bounce back this week, they don't bounce back at all. Especially with the schedule that they have coming up in the next few weeks for them. I mean, Georgia next Georgia this week, Memphis next week, off week. Then they have to go to Arkansas, they have to go to LSU. Then they have Auburn at home. Then they have a good Georgia Southern team at home as well. This 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 is not 
I mean, Ole Miss can conceivably be three and be be one and five, two and four. You know, in the next few weeks, <coughs> if they don't if they don't get this win, this is a this is a big big undertaking. This is a litmus test. This is this is one of those games that can make your season or break your season. And I think Georgia is looking at this game like this as well, even though they haven't even stepped into the, they've only had one division game so far. And we look at Georgia's schedule coming up in the next couple of weeks. I mean, they're at Ole Miss this week. They go to Tennessee next week. They're at, they're at they have Tennessee at home next week. Then they go to South Carolina and back at home to, to Vanderbilt. This is we look at both of these schools, and they're going in different directions. One's trending up, one's trending down. What I think is going to be the difference in this game is the defenses. What kind of defense can Georgia, will Georgia bring to the table? They can't make mistakes in the passing. They can't make mistakes in the secondary. They should not make mistakes in the secondary. They do, they're in trouble. The one thing that, that a lot of people are really wanting to see right now is if Ole Miss gets up big against this Georgia team, will they finish a game? This is this is what's been said about about Ole Miss this entire season. They have to finish the game. They must finish the game if they're up on on, on teams. I mean. It seems like when when they get up on teams and they get a little momentum, it goes to their head, and that's what kills them. And I think that this is this is again one of those games where the running games for each team is going to dictate what's going to happen. We both know that both teams like to like to play with a little bit of pace. Especially Georgia, now that they've got a quarterback who who likes to be a little bit who likes to be in rhythm, likes to be a little bit pacey. And we all know what what Ole Miss does. You know, they wanna be really quick, they wanna be really efficient. In and out, play to play to play. Boom, boom, boom. They wanna be just like that. We look at Georgia we see the same kind of pace. But what defense is going to wilt first? That's the, that's the big thing. I love the atmosphere at, at Ole Miss. And I would love to pick the home team in these games, but you just can't. I mean, I like Georgia in this game. I, really, I, I like Georgia in this game. I like Georgia as a team. I think Kirby Smart has got something special here. Mark Rick did not leave the cupboard unbare, as I like to say. He did not leave the cupboard unbare. And it's showing with the with the players that, that he has. It's showing. And that this is what makes this such a big game for, for Ole Miss. 
Ole Miss don't win this game. Ole Miss is pretty their season's pretty much sunk. But I think I think Georgia's gonna win this game. They're gonna win this game by at least ten points. If if Ole Miss doesn't play the way that they know that they should play, they're gonna get blown out of the water. And that that's just that's just the bottom line. So I mean I picked Georgia to win by ten points. I mean I like I like Ole Miss. I love Chad Kelly. I love Demario Stringfellow. I love Evan Ingram and those and those receivers there. But there's just something special about Georgia this season. I can't put my finger on it. It's just something special about them. So I mean I just I'm just gonna go with Georgia. We're gonna take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're gonna talk the three thirty games. And some of the later games as well. Y'all stay tuned. I just wanna thank everybody. You know what I'm saying? Who been riding around bumping these mids I know you gotta pack the push sweets in your pocket. It's all good. I just want you to buy to this one, just ride to this one. Uh, summer 16. Some days I just wanna be alone. Chilling by myself in the comfort of my home. Neglected by the world, lost inside my own zone. While I'm crumbling the herb as I'm writing these songs. And some days I just wish nobody knew me another day, another Think somebody is out to do me I never gave a damn how you felt You can sue me I've been feeling this forever But thank you, this a new me yeah. Some days I wanna ride with my niggas Just buy with my niggas Get high with my niggas But these days it ain't no telling Who's down, who's really with you I'm the artist of my canvas Time to paint a bigger picture Some days I get lost in the the Mary Jane's what I need to set me free. Don't need no negativity, don't kill my feet. I be glass. I got issues and problems and hoes. Like, tell me where all of this coming from. I'm sorry, baby, I can't save you. Ain't wearing no cake, they say done and done. I might have a son or a daughter on the way that's where the life real shit. I know that some people gon' hate this. I know that the city gon' feel this. I do this for my people riding round, blowing loud, cruising with the music loud. Marquis wine glass bumping in your system, had to get them, made my city proud. In the lab, kicking like jujitsu in the dungeon, but we call it underground. Yeah, I was sitting in the underground, then I blessed the game with a vintage sound. I told her no sleep on me, woke him up, it didn't even really matter home. You say you a trapper, you might be a trapper, but it's me, you bumping when all alone. I hit him with buying one, now JLB, bet they love me like JFK. Yeah, I'm just a black king with a black queen, watch us get it like B&J. I hit him with buying one, now JLB, bet they love me like JFK. Yeah, I'm just a black king with a black queen, watch us get it like b some days I just wanna be alone Chilling by myself in the comfort of my home Neglected by the world, lost inside my own zone While I'm crumbling the earth as I'm writing these songs And some days I just wish no 
nobody knew me another day, another hater think somebody is out to do me. I never gave a damn how you felt. You can sue me. I've been feeling this forever, but to you, this annoy me. Yeah. Some days I wanna ride with my niggas, just vibe with my niggas, get high with my niggas, but these days it ain't no telling who's down, who's really with you. I'm the artist of my canvas. Time to paint a bigger picture. Some days I get lost in the weeds because it seems the Mary Jane's what I need to set me free. Don't need no negativity, don't kill my V-I-B-E, please. Cause we all got dreams I keep it rolling Cause we all got Yeah I keep it rolling Cause we all got dreams I keep it rolling Cause we all got 
Yeah, the way I see it, it's only me and my team. Motivated by pictures of places I've never been. It's gonna leave the city and search for some better things. My fame and a couple dollars, that's all that's left in my jeans. Ain't accepted by nothing, we gunning by any means. Wide awake on the surface, inside I'm living this dream. Of going city to city with stories of what I've seen. Lost in the translation, the mind of a human being. I'm riding on life's pavement and trying to find what it means. Fighting for something stronger than bottles of Jimmy Bean. Study the moves of legends from Bob Marley to Queens, but drawing my inspiration from Rage Against the Machine. Song as a motivation and fueling my self-esteem. Could have been stationary, instead on stations I scheme. Brought myself on a road to becoming something I've seen. It's just the sound of a gentleman getting after his dreams. Run it. <laughs> Run it booth right now. Yeah. Run it. Run it. Tell C you're gonna have to turn that loud down. <laughs> uh uh. What? Gentleman again after his dream, run it. Dreams. I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams Boy, I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams Yeah, I keep it rolling cause we all got I keep it rolling cause we all got Let's take it back to 09 Walking for Arizona's cause none of us have rides Simple minus some stoners, we got nothing but time Now don't it sound bad? I'm talking back when Cuddy was the soundtrack Pursuit of happiness playing, just let it breathe I'm kicking back with my people, I swear it's all that I need Endless vibe on a planet of simply being at ease Started searching for freedom and ended up in the trees I tell you, there's nothing hardly that's replicating a field Party until the AM with rhythm turning the wheels The trials of adolescence, they hella sacred for real From the way that I'm feeling, it's like I'm living, I'm still We born to carry the mission, carrying on tradition Introducing what's missing, the young minds that are lifted I throw myself on the road to living by higher means This just the sound of me getting after my dreams, run it
Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. The main event is in the building. And <laughs> we're in the Press Box and we're just doing our thing right now. Uh, that was my man, Connor Cassidy. Hope everything's going well, man. Uh, Ridgey, health-wise and everything. Also, big shout-out to Kyle Bent, who's been on the show a few times. Shout-out to my man, Marquise Wineglass, um, as well. Also, Underground Sounds with Ray Baker. So, uh, everybody's doing big things right now, including myself. You know, before we jump back in, before we jump back into the college football uh, predictions, and last night was a pretty good night for the Tailgate Crew and the Live by Chance Network as well. Um, last night, doing some tweeting, some networking with some with some guys and some friends over at G, over at GPB, Georgia Public Broadcasting, uh, with their Football Fridays and Georgia Broadcast. Um, Got got one of my tweets read on on TV on 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 uh, at halftime during the game, and that made my night. That made my weekend. Shows what kind of network that we have. Um, special thanks to Jackie Britton, um, John Nelson, Chuck Smith for for tweeting, retweeting me, and uh, everything that they do for everything Georgia for everything. Um, Georgia related within sports within the GHSA sports and otherwise and um very proud of what they do. Um hopefully hopeful to have John Nelson Phil Proctor on the show uh as well um pretty soon. Really excited to for the for those prospects to happen. Um matter of fact I'll be talking with John probably sometime this week. Um, to finalize a, a date when he will be on the show. So, uh, again, big shout out to GPB. You can follow them at at at, at GPB Sports. You can follow John Nelson, OSB Nelson, um, or just look for him, cute sports guy. So, um, <laughs> um, as well as well as Jackie Britton and um Jackie Britton, um. Who um who's a very beautiful young lady who is um also also has a Super Bowl ring. So uh, with her time and being a reporter for the New England Patriots, so she does have a Super Bowl ring as well. So that's pretty cool. She uh she's also a Georgia native. Um, went to Eagles Landing and um as well as um John Nelson who went to school in the Atlanta area as well. Um. Chuck Smith, who went to school at Clark Central, and uh, Clark Central won last night um, the game that was televised all over the state of Georgia in the Classic City Championship, uh, Classic City Classic, Classic City Rivalry, whatever you want to call it, against rivals uh, Cedar Shoals last night, 33-12, to 12, um, 34-12, to 12, sorry. And um, those are all the shots that I have. But, um, again, man, let's, let's jump right back into the into the college football um, predictions in the three thirty games. I mean, the three thirty games, the six o'clock game, and some of the seven thirty and and some of the eight o'clock games are just they're big time games coming up. And um, one of the games that that I'm looking forward to is a three thirty game, uh, Penn State Michigan at Michigan Stadium. And the reason why I'm looking forward to this game is because for Penn State, you know they lost they lost a nail biter a couple of weeks ago to to Pittsburgh, and 
we saw what kind of team, we saw what kind of resilience they have. We saw what kind of team that they really have. You know, they've got a team full of, full of some great kids on that team. They're young. Uh, I think quarterback Trace McSorley is, is coming into his own. I think that he will be a, a really good addition, uh, a really good, um, a really good football player when it's all said and done. I, I don't think he'll be a record breaker, but I think he'll, he'll, he's, he's going to do some great things at, at Penn state. Um, I love, I love his style. I love, I love the way he plays. He plays a, he plays with a passion and a heart for Penn state that he just absolutely loves Penn state. And you can see that in the way that he plays. You can see that in the way that he, that he runs it, that he runs that team. I love, I love the way that they look. I mean, Michigan, on the other hand, Michigan is. I'll just put it like this: Michigan's for real. Michigan is very, is very much a player in the national championship talks and in the national championship um, picture. I mean. People are gonna say things about Michigan that I, I that I, I don't necessarily agree with, you know. But when Brady Hope left, Brady Hope didn't leave that didn't leave that cupboard unbare. He had some great players in that squad. It just so happened you have probably one of the most dynamic players in college football that's not named Christian McCaffrey in your team. In Jabril Peppers, you have a you have a good quarterback who I mean you have three quarterbacks that can just outright ball, but the one that's playing for you right now is playing lights out, and that's Wilson Spate. Some Shane Morris isn't that far behind. I mean, and then John O'Corn, we see what he can do. These are these are three outs. Standing players, and what makes what makes this such a great team is that they play like a team. There's individuals all over the place, but there's individual talent all over the place. But team-wise, defensively, offensively, this is a team. This is a team that honestly than people think. Could they be better than Ohio State? Could they be better than Ohio State? And, and that's a question that's been asked of me for a while. And I don't even know how to answer that question. I don't even know how to I don't know how to how to even go about that question because Both of these teams have individuals that are great, but both of these teams have players have team chemistry, and I think that's what that's what's coming that's what comes toward the forefront when you look at Michigan and you look at Ohio State and you look at Alabama, the Alabamas of the world and the, um and the teams like that. You see great collections of talent, but you also see well-coached teams 
very talented teams that, like I said, that are world coach. That's just a collection of talent. Michigan is that is that collection. Alabama is that collection. Ohio State's that like that. Those are the three the those three schools that are in the top five. Of of those of the top five, I think those are the three most complete teams. So can I differentiate between Michigan and Ohio State? Yeah, one's red, one's blue. And that's that's all I got to say about that. But I like this matchup because James Franklin's coach teams have no fear, whether they're home or whether they're away. There's no fear in their hearts. He has them ready to play no matter what. I mean, the way Penn State plays, and this is no slight on the service academies whatsoever, and and I want and I want people to understand that this is no slight on on the service academies whatsoever. But Penn State plays with that same sort of passion. All all of those all of those teams that are James Franklin coach, they play with that same type of passion that the service academies play with. And like I said, I don't mean that to be any kind of slight to the service academies at at all. But that's what Penn State, that's what I like in Penn State too. They're like a service academy without all the products of being a service academy in regards to the way they play. Michigan, they've got I mean, this is a lunch pill game for Michigan. This is this is one of those games where, hey, you got to bring your lunch because you know Penn State's gonna bring their A game. You know you know Michigan's got the talent to blow them out of the water. Is this a blowout? will I call will I say that this game will be a blowout? I won't necessarily say this game is a blowout. This game won't be as close as people. This game won't be close. I think it'll be closer than people think. Simply because you know what you know what kind of team Penn State is. You know, the only scare that I saw from Michigan was last week, where he had a quarterback who was really good. And see for foul. And I really think that if he wasn't hurt, if he didn't get hurt, that game would have been closer than people think, too. That game would have been a whole lot closer. And it would have been a whole lot closer because the makeup of, of Colorado, the pedigree that Colorado comes from, the way that Colorado played, Early in the season, this is a really good Colorado team that I think could make a bowl, could make a run at a bowl. I don't think they'll, I don't think they're, they're ready to be back at the big time as of yet. I mean, I don't want to say that, but Michigan showed their class last week, and that game should have been closer, but they're three and zero, and 
that three and start coupled with what you're gonna get from Penn State this week, what you're gonna get from Wisconsin next week, and what you're gonna get from Rutgers in two weeks is what they need. They really needed a game like Colorado to bring them off their high horse a little bit. And this is that's what happened. They got brought off their high horse just a little bit. Even though they won by 17, this was this was a closer than, than people expected type of game. And it was closer than people expected. I mean, let, let's put it this way. Colorado had a two had a two possession lead on Michigan at the big house. So let's not let's not discount what Colorado is. Excuse me. Like I said, I like Michigan in this game. I like Michigan to win. I think it'll be closer than people expect. I mean, I expect them to win by at least by at least ten, but I can also see a blowout. I can also see this game coming down to who has the ball last because of, like I said, the James Franklin approach to everything, the don't quit attitude, things of that nature. So, I mean, I can see this game being better, being a lot better than people think. So. Let's just put it that way. Excuse me. But I do like Michigan by by at least 10. You know, we look at we look at the other 3:30 game on the on the docket. You know, you know the Michigan the Michigan Penn State game, the ABC game, the CBS game, Tennessee, Florida. This is by far a big litmus test for both teams. You know, Austin Appleby is coming in to start today for for Florida. Uh Luke Del Rio looked really good. A little bit a little bit nicked up right now, but that's the reason why why Austin Appleby's got to start. Um I like Florida in this matchup. I think Florida's got I think Florida's got got manpower to be to do great things in the East. But I love this Tennessee team. I like this Tennessee team. Don't don't get it twisted when I say I love this Tennessee team. I like the collection of talent that's on the offensive side of the ball. I like what they're doing defensively as well. I mean they look really good defensively. Um, didn't look too good against – they didn't look good against Ohio last week, but they got a win. They didn't look good at all in their opening game win against App, against App State. This is, this, is a, this is a real litmus test for Tennessee. Do I think Florida should be ranked higher than what they are? Sure. Sure, but – yeah, but no. Do I think Tennessee is the fourth is the fourteenth ranked fourteenth ranked team in the in the country? Yeah, but no. Yeah, they are on paper, but no, they're not really playing like a three and zero 
number 14 ranked team. Neither is Florida. Florida struggled last week. It, they, they struggled. To me, they struggled in in the shutout. I mean, it was a struggle for them in the shutout. I mean, I, I'm serious. I mean, it, watching that game last week, I, I felt like I was watching an episode of Twilight Zone because North Texas was shooting themselves in the foot. Not only were they shooting themselves in the foot, but they just looked bad. And they looked bad for no reason against North Texas. That game should have been a lot worse than what it was. But we look at a Tennessee team, we look at what they have offensively, speed-wise, we look at Florida, look at what they have defensively. This is a really good this is a really good matchup. The mind, I mean, I want to see the defense of Florida step up a little bit. I want to see the offense take over games at times. I want to see the defense for Tennessee stop being Jekyll and Hyde and just play the game, you know? I mean, like, against Ohio last week with Tennessee, they looked tight. Against Appalachian State, they looked horrible. Offensively, they did not – they looked out of sync. They looked out of form. They looked just – they just looked ragged to me. And that, that's the best way of putting it. They just looked ragged. Now we look at Florida – and if Florida gets a gets a gets a quarterback that Florida can settle on a quarterback that they feel will give them the best option to win a football game, this is a, this is gonna be a better than expected Florida team. Again, they'll be overachieving again this year like they were last year. So for me, this game is a toss up game. Because you don't know what kind of what kind of team Tennessee's gonna come out with. You don't know what kind of offense Florida's gonna give you. Like I said, even though they even though they, they put up thirty seven last week, it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a pedestrian thirty seven. It was I had to work for it thirty seven. You know, and That's what that's what I'm talking about, the fluidity with, with Florida. And that in Tennessee is the same way. You know, they get into a flow, they get into a groove. This could be a better than expected this is be a better than expected three thirty game on CBS. I like I like this matchup though. Don't get me wrong. I love the matchup. I love the, I love that there's implications in this matchup again. Where in the past few years it hasn't. Where one team's been up or one team's been down, you know, both teams are are, are are trending upward. So we're getting back to the old school SEC East. You know, usually this game is an eight o'clock game on a Saturday night. Not this year; it's a three thirty game, and that's totally fine with me. That's totally fine with me. I'm excited for this game. I'm excited to see what. I'm excited to see if. The rivalry is going to be back. I'm excited to see if 
of Josh Dobbs and Jalen Hurd and and um <laughs> and um I'm just I'm just really excited to see what what kind of what kind of offense we're gonna see tonight. I'm really excited what kind of defense we're gonna see out of out of, the, out of these two teams. You know who's gonna make that make that this week their week to be to mark their territory in the SCs. This is what this is. This is a this is a territorial type deal. Who's gonna mark their territory? Who's gonna who's gonna make themselves look and say, Hey, we're for real. This is what this is what this game is. This is a statement game for both Tennessee and, and Florida. The toss up game, I'm I'm really hard pressed to pick this game. But if I had if I'm gonna have to pick this game, I'm gonna have to pick Florida. Because I think Florida's got the better kicking game. I think their special teams is better. I think if they can get, I think that if one of these two teams get a get a special teams touchdown, it may break the other team. So let's just let's just say that. And um, uh, but I, I like Florida. I like Florida. Actually, I like Florida by a field goal. I mean, I like Florida by a field goal. Now we move on to the six o'clock game, um, SEC game, number eighteen LSU at Auburn. This is this game for Auburn is a make or break type of game. As you read, as you guys read um, last week, and I wrote I wrote an article for for the Live by Tenant site, and basically I I was asked by a lot of, by a number of people last week. What did I think? What did I think Auburn had to do this week against LSU to be successful? One, you've got to tackle Leonard Fournette. You got it. You got to shut down Leonard Fournette. Two, Danny Etling will throw the ball downfield, and they've got receivers who will catch the ball. So. Three. This is an improved defense. Should this team have have lost at Wisconsin? Yeah, probably so. But the reason why I say they should have, well, I say that they lost. They lost that game legit. They didn't lose that game just because that that was a legit. That was a legit win, you know. Wisconsin did play a whole lot better defensively than than LSU did offensively. Um, there was a lot of mistakes made in that game, you know, by LSU. And you know, you switch quarterbacks, which makes which makes this this game that much better for LSU because you've got you've got a downfield passing game now. You don't have to go. Side to side, you don't have to go, you know, six yards down the field. I mean, you can throw the ball downfield with Danny Etling, and then Danny Etling is a is a Purdue transfer. But it's like Austin Alfabi is at Florida, you know, you know, and you know these are some great quarterbacks. And 
and you look at the uh, at, at the other side of the ball, you look at Auburn, and you see the struggles that Auburn has. Defensively, they can get stops. Trey Matthews, for me, is playing very, very tentatively. He's playing like he's hurt, like he's still hurt. He's he's not playing healthy at all. Um, some of the things that he does. Um, I think one of the other things is Sean White needs to be on the field. You need to find a way for him to dictate the pace of the game. That means your play calling has to be on point, and your play calling has been atrocious. You know, you get away from things that that work because you're trying things that don't work. You know, you're trying you're trying to jet sweeps and stuff like that. You don't have that speed receiver to do that. You don't have that. You don't have that running, that speed back that you had, you know, in the past, that you had with Corey Grant, that you had with Terrell Zachary, that you had with um, you had with T-Zach, you had with um, Corey Grant, you had with um, Ricardo Lewis, players like that. You just had, you haven't had those type of players in a while. And this is what, this is that, this is, I don't want to call it a downfall for Auburn, but it makes things just a little bit more difficult for Auburn, in a sense. And, you know, hear me out on this. Hear me out on this. When just miles on offenses are, are at their best is when they're trying to run the ball. When you run a ball with a guy like – you run a ball with a guy like – like Sean White, you open up more opportunities for Sean White than you would for anybody else. Because Sean White is a pocket passer. He's going to look to throw the ball first. A lot of people ask me, well, what, what should they move John Franklin to to that hybrid to that hybrid Percy Harvard position? No. Uh, and, and I'll tell you why I say no. And you, you will agree. We will, we will probably agree to disagree on this. But this is the reason why I say no. I'll give you two reasons why. Should somebody get hurt, God forbid that happens. For any Auburn fan that's listening, God forbid that happens. Somebody gets hurt. Do you really trust? Jeremy Johnson to take over the reins? No. Woody Bear is not ready. Tyler Queen's not healthy enough right now. Um to take to take over some things. But we're looking at a guy like John Franklin the third who could who could very well possibly be a really good quarterback. We saw glimpses of what he can do in the passing game yesterday, last week. You know, he can throw he can throw that the, the short intermediate ball and it has a lot of heat behind it. And that's what a lot of people talk about with him. He's got a lot of he, he throws the ball really hard, but he also throws the ball 
he's not an accurate ball. He doesn't throw an accurate ball. From what I've seen, he throws a pretty accurate ball. Guys just don't catch it, and that that's what ha- you know. That's what makes me really wonder about Auburn in a sense. You know, Sean White's a great quarterback, and 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 he's a solid quarterback. You know, he's four and five as a starter. When you put him in positions to win a ball game, this is what you do with Sean White. You you let him. You know, he's a he's a he's a um, what we call a pace quarterback. You know, will that be the same? Will that be the same when Jared Stidham comes on campus and Jared Stidham has has said that he is coming to Auburn? He'll be in. He'll be enrolled in Auburn in the in the uh, spring. You know, so that that's a big positive right there. And and I'm and I'm really excited to see. What's going to happen after, you know, after the season? If Jerry Stidham does decide that he is coming to coming to Auburn, um, he'll be available immediately because he did sit out this year. He'll be available next year. I mean, this is this is very, very a very big time matchup for me. If Jerry Stidham comes to Auburn, because he, he gives you what most Auburn quarterbacks haven't had, he gives you a mobile quarterback with a big arm. He's a mobile pocket passing quarterback. He'll stand in there. He'll take a hit, just like Sean White. I mean. I like I like Jared Stidham. I thought Jared Stidham was just was just great coming out of high school, Stephensville, Texas. I thought he was I thought he was the next coming get it back Baylor, to be honest with you. But circumstances happened at Baylor and we all know what happened. But getting off subject, getting back on, on subject, Auburn a lot of people are picking Auburn to win this game. I like Auburn in this game because I like Auburn in this game because it, it's a home game for Auburn. But at the same time, what really needs to happen at Auburn is they need to they need to pick up they need to pick up the pace and the um, with the offense. Stop stop substituting so much, and just let just let your boys play the game. You know if you're gonna you know throw some wrinkles in with a JF5 package. You know what he can do. You, you see him throw the ball. He can throw the ball. He's got a pretty deep ball. But if there's no receivers that, that has speed on there that, where he throws the deep ball, you know, he's got, a, he's got a pretty deep ball. And he's got he's, – he can throw the intermediate passes as well. You know, but a lot of people talk about, well, this, this, and this has to happen, this, this, and this has to happen. no. Leave, leave Sean White alone. Let him play. You know that's that's the big part of this. And when you let him play, 
this is what this is what Auburn does when when Sean White is on. He wins ball. He wins ball games. You get a good running game behind him to complement what he does in the passing game. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! And oh wow is right. I mean, you could have those Paul Smith type numbers. You could have three receivers go over a thousand yards. You could have a thousand yard rusher. I mean, this is this is this is. This is the kind of potential that Dauburn offense has. But until you actually settle in what you want to do on the offense, you're gonna you're gonna subject yourself to making mistakes. And that's what's go and that's what's happened at Auburn. You know, you've subjected everybody to make mistakes because you're substituting in and out. You substitute the wrong men, you substitute the wrong quarterback for the right quarterback. That's already it should already be on the field. So, you know, with the Jeremy the Jeremy Johnson debacle almost over, that experiment almost over. You've got three, possibly four quarterbacks coming in, coming back, and one coming in. You know, Tyler Queen should be healthy next year. Woody Barrett should be should be acclimated to the offense. You got John Franklin the third, who is just who's a really smart guy on a really good team who can probably play anywhere. But he came to Auburn to play in this offense. And this offense suits him. Now it's up to it's up to the coordinator and it's up to Malzon to let him play. Period. Let him have fun. Period. That that's pretty much it. I like Auburn in this game. Because Auburn's got Auburn has two quarterbacks that can play, not just one, two. Danny Etling's going to bring for LSU's going to bring something different to the table. You've got Cameron Petway and you got Cameron Petway and Carryon Johnson versus Leonard Fournette in the backfield. Danny Etling versus Sean White and John Franklin the third. This has all the potential to be a shootout. This also has all the potential to be just a complete dud. This Auburn defense complements the offense so well, but the sad thing about it is that the offense is holding up its end of the, end of the bargain with Kevin Steele's defense because these two defense, this this defense that Kevin Steele runs, this offense that that Auburn that Auburn should be running, it complements each other. And it complements each other so much that when one side's not working, the other one is. And we all saw it when they put it together against Arkansas State. You saw what kind of team that Auburn could be. They can be explosive. They can be just outright just dominant. But until they settle in on the quarterback and let and let him play, Sean White, and so a little wrinkles with with John Franklin the third. I mean, you you're still gonna have these problems, but alas, if Auburn can get get over this night and win this game, this could set up Auburn for the rest of the season. 
And let's just be honest. Auburn hasn't won a home hasn't won a home SEC game since <laughs> since 2014. So let's just let's just put it out there. We there's a need to win at home in SEC play, and that's just the bottom line. But I like Auburn. I like Auburn by field goal. I think Auburn's got the best field goal. I think Auburn's got the best special teams. In 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 the country, in um, kicker Daniel Carson. Then you have a punter that that you just got from JC who sat out last year, Ian Shannon, who went to Lasseter High School. And then you have another punter, Andy Phillips, who's who's just as good. Now, if you add me into that in that mix, and I make him that much better. I mean, because I'm a great punter and I'm a great kicker as well. So, you know, but ha ha ha. You know, there I made a funny. I made a funny, but um, I like Auburn by a field goal. I really like Auburn by a field goal in this game. Um, I think they can pull the upset. I think they could. You know, we look at other games. You know, we look at the Nebraska Northwestern game. Nebraska's Nebraska's just they're they're rolling right now. You know, good win last week um, over a really good Oregon team. You know, they they. They look focused. They look like they're ready to go in this in in the Big Ten West. Northwestern, they're struggling just a tad bit. They're still looking for an offensive identity. They're still looking for they're still looking for that little spark defensively. So, I mean. Don't get me wrong, Northwestern, Northwestern is still Northwestern. They're still going to be that tough Northwestern team that we've all been accustomed to seeing under under Pat Fitzgerald. Um, so, I mean, but I like Nebraska in this game. I think Nebraska will win this game. I don't think it'll, I don't think they'll win this game big. I think they'll win this game by at least two touchdowns. I don't think it'll be that blowout score that everybody's looking for. Um. You know the nine o'clock game, Arlington, Texas. I think this is. I think this is. The, this is probably the best game of the of the night. To be honest with you, um, Arkansas, Texas A&M. This is a statement game, and again, this is a statement game in the West. Um, when you when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, this is a statement game. Arkansas can. Arkansas going into conference play against A&M in a big way. Playing in Arlington, first SEC game against a rival, an old, <laughs> and this is the old Southwest Conference rivalry as well. This is a great game. This is a great litmus test for Arkansas. Arkansas, who hasn't really played much, you know, if you go over to TCU and you beat TCU, you beat Texas State. Now you you go back to you go back to the to the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex area, and this is a big matchup for both teams. And and I said this is a big matchup for both teams because this, this, it is what it is. You have a Texas A&M team who just came off a really solid win over Auburn last week. Uh, been playing solid lights out pretty much the entire season, and that started with UCLA um, at the home game against UCLA to begin the season. 
this is a really good matchup on so many levels. You have a good running game and a good defense, a solid defense for Arkansas against a really good, solid defense with two bookends that just took over an Auburn, just took over the the game last week at Auburn when they shouldn't have taken it over. Um, you got two great bookends. Got got a good secondary, and you have a transfer quarterback who, at times, can be can disappear from games, but at times can can give can give you everything you want. So, with that being said, I mean you've got you've got some great matchups on the field. I love the offensive line for Arkansas; they will match you. They've got a good. They've got a good running back that will mash you. They will mash you. They will. They will absolutely mash you. A and M, they run that pace. They run that pace. If they're running that pace, then that means that they're scoring. When they're scoring, they're scoring a lot. When when they're on offensively, they're on defensively. This is what what you see with Texas A and M is what Auburn wants to be. They want to be fast paced. Offensively, they want to be attack-minded defensively, and John Chavis has got it going at at A&M. John Chavis has got it going. Noel Mazzoni has got the offense going. Noel Mazzoni, who was who was at Auburn for a while as offense coordinator under Tubbleville. So you you see what kind of offenses that these team teams run. You know. Arkansas smash mouth, like to pass the ball, like to pass the ball around the yard, but they also like to like to mash you. They like to they like to be road graders out there. This is a good matchup. It's a good matchup, a really good matchup. Who do I think will win this game? I like Arkansas's slow paced, traditional smash mouth type offense. Against two pass rushing defensive ends, who are pretty good against the run. Let's not uh, let's not discount that they're pretty good against the run as well. But can they keep up with the run defense all game long? And when it's time to drop back into play action and and to get after quarterback, can they do that as well? That's the question that you have for A and M. The question that you have for Arkansas is, can they put can the defense tend to the pace that A and M brings? It's a good question, and that's a question that's going to be asked tonight uh, of both teams. Who do I think will win this game? I, like I said, I like Arkansas's running game. I like their defense. I think they're a solid defense, but I also like A and M. I like Trevor Knight. I like I like Ricky Seals Jones. I like um, um, the other running back, the other um, receiver, Speedy Noel. I mean, this is a this is a good good Texas A&M team. It's a good Arkansas team. And to be honest with you, it really depends on who's going to dictate the time possession first. I know time of possession really doesn't matter for A&M, but it could come into play at times where 
they give up a lot if they give up a lot of points, they give up this, they give up that. So this is this is one of those let's let's watch and see type of deals. Um, but if I had to pick, uh, I mean, this is a toss-up game. It's hard for me to pick this one as well. Um, I'm gonna have to pick A&M in this game. Um, but I'm gonna have to pick A&M in this game. But don't discount Arkansas in their running in their running game, the special teams as well. They've got a they've got a, a punter who can flip position, field position, and can also put the ball inside the ten yard line. Um, A and M has the same has has a new punter coming in who just just came on scholarship, who was um who was the Under Armour All American punter in um, Shane Trapuca. Um, so we know what kind of punters and what kind of pedigree these punters have. We know what kind of kickers they have. Daniel Lacamere was a cold was a Coles guy. Um I think he played in I think he played in the Armour All Star game last season. Um and we all know what kind of kicker Arkansas has. I mean his brother was a kicker at Arkansas as well, Headland. So I mean the Headland brothers are there as well. So I mean, you got so much. There's so much going on. There's so much that you can do with the with both of these squads. And and I just I just think that a And M is probably more the more complete team than than Arkansas is. But don't discount Arkansas at all. And that's why I say this is a hard one for me to 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 pick. But I, I mean, I would have to pick A and M by a field goal. Simply because of what you have on the field and what we've seen on the field from both teams. Yeah, you know that, that's pretty much that's pretty much all the predictions that I have. Um, you know, we look at we look. I mean, we can look at other games and and uh, see. I mean, like a lot of conference openers tonight. Um, you know, one of the games that that you might, that you that some of you guys might see on the Pac twelve on the Pac twelve network if you had a Pac twelve network, um, Washington and Arizona. I mean, this is this is a litmus test for Arizona as well. I mean, for for Washington as well. <clears throat> They're a top ten team with a lot of hype behind them. So. So I mean, and this this is a loaded Washington team, you know. For the first time, Chris Peterson's got got a got a loaded Pac-12 team. So, um, glad to see there. And it's a statement game for Stanford as they go to UCLA later on. That's the ABC game at eight o'clock. Um, excited to see see this matchup as well. UCLA two and one on the season. Stanford two and zero on the season. Just it's going to be a fun thing to see. Um, see what what star is going to show up. For, who's going to show up? Whether it's going to be the Josh Rosen, going to be the Rosen effect for for UCLA, or whether Christian McCaffrey is going to be Christian Christian McCaffrey like. That that's the big question, and 
that, that's going to be a really good game on ABC. Um, hopefully, you guys can tune into that one. Oklahoma State Baylor, that has the potential to be just just all out balls to the wall, fun time to be had by all points. So point spread goes way out of the freaking window with this game, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know those are those are a lot of the predictions that I, that I have. Those are all the predictions that I have, and you know talking about scores the last last night, Utah beat UCLA. Uh, thirty-one twenty-seven and thirty-one twenty-seven. Wow, um, that that just that just further lets me know that the USC is in trouble. They they're they're in shambles right now, and um, there's no confidence there with that team at all. And um, Thursday night, of course, Clemson beat uh, Georgia Tech twenty-six to seven. And that game could have been a whole lot worse. That could have been – that actually could have been um, a shutout. But Georgia Tech extends their record of 366 games without without being shut out at home. So, um, I guess congratulations for that. Um, but, you know, we're going we're gonna, to uh, – <coughs> We're gonna get out of here today, and uh, again, uh, special thanks to Marquise Wineglass. Um, shout out to Connor Cassidy. Shout out to Nina Nina Monday Jones, who's uh was in the studio last 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 uh, last couple of nights, and uh, had a good conversation with her uh, last night um, about her album. Hopefully, hopefully she'll be on on the turntable Thursdays or or uh, the King's Underground Media Show. Uh, here pretty soon. Uh, also, special thanks to the admin, Wendy, um, my mentor, my friend, uh, T-Rex, DJ EA, Casey, Kid Retro, that's K-I-D-R-E-T-R-O. You can find him online at his Twitter page, at Mr. Kid Retro. Also, you can find me on my on my social media uh pages as well. Um Jermaine Houston seventeen on Instagram, um J Houston seventeen on on Twitter and also Tailgate Corona on Twitter. You also follow us the Live by Terrence at Live by Terrence as well. Um also follow Turntable Thursdays at Turntable Thursdays on Twitter. You can also follow all of our shows on online um on our Facebook pages, um, the Live by Tennis Network, uh, Tailgate Crew Show page, and also the Turntable Thursdays page. Go like our pages, go go show us some love. Also, special shout again another special shout out to Jackie Britton, John Nelson, um, and that whole crew up there in at uh GPB Sports and also GPB as well. Uh, thank you for what you do for high school football in the state of Georgia. Thank you for what you do for high school sports in the state of Georgia. Um, it is it is greatly appreciated by those who love this who love Georgia high school football as much as I do. Um, also, shout out to my man Greg Tepper of um, of Dave Campbell Texas Magazine, Texas Football Magazine. 
Um, he also retweeted me last night. Um, got to watch, got to watch uh, football Fridays, Fox Sports Southwest football Fridays as well, as well as uh, college, um, high school football scoreboard um, as well. So um, shout out to everybody who who does everything that they can for high school football, not only here in Georgia, not only in Texas, but around the country. I mean, there, there's nothing like like high school football. There's nothing like like college football. And the one thing I want to just say is go out and support your local high school teams. Go out and support your high school that you that you that you went to. You know, if if you're nearby. Um, there's nothing wrong with with showing some love to to those teams. I mean, because some of those teams are probably the don't the closest thing you'll see see the uh, pro football, college football. You know, <laughs> so you know, go support those. Go support those schools. Go support your local college as well. Support your local colleges. And if you're going out tailgating, be careful. And let's go and have fun. Y'all have a great night. Have a great weekend. See you next week. Yeah, man. Hey, yo, T, I think, uh, I think we can keep this one slow. Make it easy to ride to. Yeah. You know, sometimes I look around and I think, like, maybe I am out here on my own. Yeah. Gotta find something. You can't rescue me. Oh, I can't? You can't save me, no. But I can try, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, what then? You know that ain't so bad. Yeah, I told a girl I love her, you stand on your own. But you ain't gotta deal with these cameras alone. From the beginning, see, I learned how to manage my own. Became the boy, and then I turned to a man on my own. The lone wolf for the pack, moving through hella crap. Down to earth, so it's only natural I hold you down. Now you the one I picture when I roam around And the summer I'm falling for you is going down Yeah, staying stuck in this season of mine And I've been shining to the point that my reason is blind Think I'm the one, that that's just something I'm reaching to find Out of control, but yo, that shit that I've still been denying Yeah, the light's down, but we staying up And looking back where I started, my only way is up Way to the world, but I lived it before the weight is up And still myself the one and only that I came to trust Now that's some crazy luck yeah, let it rock, but you want some soul shit, yeah, and she just keeps saying, you can't rescue me, oh nah, you know what, maybe you're right, What you gonna do? I'll be on my own. Yeah. Yeah.
I never really thought realistic Cause when it comes to my vision, man, only I can see it Said only I can reach it And I'm just praying by the time that I'm gone I'll be hearing spirits so you can hear this Yeah, well these rappers stuck on the same product Tell them forget it, ain't hard to tell that they ain't got it Simple and plain, I'ma leave this world with my name on it Knowing it's easy to hate the plane when you ain't on it Riding, whipping through the horizon, my time and it's something better than it's ever been. They call me Wolfie from how I'm plying on hella biz. Hip hop's alive and I'm here to show you the evidence. Back to the wall where I started back in the day. I was pushing maximum effort and pulling minimum weight. Trying to show the autos around me that I can stand on my own. Now I swear I'm afraid of nothing. I'm screaming that through the phone. While I'm busy pulling my fam up an animal, how I ran up the standards of how we live it. It's funny they pull the camera. The picture how I'ma get it when years I've been in my zone. And it's just how I started by killing this on my own, my word is my bond, and I'm just out on my own.